Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And we have been doing a lot of episodes. I'm Mm -hmm. looking back through all of the different subjects because we want to make these episodes really meaningful to our listeners. And something I'm seeing a lot that we have not done an episode on before is anxiety. Right. And this is, I think, more and more everybody that is coming into my office, no matter what they're coming in for, some level of anxiety management is necessary or helpful. Yeah. And so we want to do some episodes on anxiety management techniques. Yay. And I can't promise you how many this will end up being because (laughs) it's so important and I would honestly love to have a reference for a lot of this information. You know, listen to the podcast. These episodes will be helpful. So I'm not going to be too surprised if it ends up being, you know, maybe three or four. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of information out there and it's a big, it's a big topic that affects, like you're saying, a lot of people. So there's a lot of research and everything that's out there and a lot of techniques. Yes. So anxiety, anxiety, what is it? What does it mean? And how do we start to help ourselves when we have anxiety? Right. So kind of an easy way to think about anxiety I've found is anytime you don't feel safe. Basically at the Mm -hmm. core of having anxiety is not feeling safe either in a situation or in a relationship or maybe just in life overall. Sometimes you just have kind of a pervasive chronic sense of I'm not safe. And it doesn't really depend on the situation so much. It's just maybe been there for as long as you can remember. Mm -hmm. Kind of in the background, just always there. A lot like we might say depression can be there in the background. Yep. And when something happens, it certainly can be triggered and be much stronger. Right. If it's associated to something that your body feels generally unsafe around. Yep. Yeah, for sure. But then sometimes it's just, again, sort of this generalized space where, and especially if it gets worse over time, then you're having these experiences where you're generally feeling unsafe about everything. Everything, yep. Yeah. So there's different kinds of anxiety for sure. Definitely. And, And anxiety, this isn't to say that all anxiety is bad. You know, anxiety has a role. It prepares us for things too. Yeah, if we want to look at parts work, right? It's a part of us mm-hmm. that is trying to do something useful for us. And is, and in some cases, and in actually generally, there is something good there. We just need to look at, is it doing its job and yeah. doing the job that it's hoping to do in the most useful way for you? Right. It's kind of a weird concept that your body, in an attempt to help you, can sometimes hurt you. And we've talked a lot about addiction on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so this is probably Even a familiar. Trauma. Yeah. Even uh-huh. trauma that happens. 
where you're getting yep. triggered at a higher level than what's actually happening in the situation mm -hmm. because of that protective space that your body is trying to to do for you. And makes sense in a lot of scenarios, like for example, a recent discovery of a partner's infidelity. Mm -hmm. Your body's going to be really triggered and feel a lot less safe than before. Yep. So anxiety management. Yeah. So as we're looking at that concept of that, this is something that's probably helpful to let you know your body's trying to tell you, hey, this this situation or this person or whatever's going on, you may not feel safe then just like David is saying, there's going to be times when that is not actually true, right? When you're having a reaction, then your body is, is almost starting to, um, to get conditioned to react in circumstances when there maybe isn't necessarily an issue. Right. There isn't something that needs to be protected from. So right. then we have to look at, okay, so how can we manage that anxiety or what can we look at to help when those situations arise? Um, especially if, you know, you're working on this in therapy or whatever, but you're still having those circumstances happen. How do we help you through those circumstances as you're trying to then work on in therapy? Why, why is this happening and what can we look at and how can we adjust and maybe do some cognitive work and different things like that? Yeah. So we want to spend some time on different approaches and different techniques, but just in the beginning, really kind of drill into what anxiety is. And so an analogy I like to use is a dog. A lot of people have dogs. Um, you think of a dog that maybe um, over time starts to become aggressive or at least anxious around visitors, people coming over and there's no right. real threat, like, for example, maybe the mailman is going to the mailbox outside or, you know, grandma's coming over, but the dog is barking and very upset. So no doubt the dog is thinking, I'm helping in some way. Maybe I'm protecting you. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my job. <laughs> this is my territory. Yes. But the dog is having a very strong reaction to scenarios that aren't actually dangerous or, or don't pose a threat. Yes. And that's if the core of anxiety is a feeling of not safe, then your body can get stuck in a place of nothing is safe, even when the threat is gone. And that's probably going to take some focused effort with your body, but also with your thinking to more or less create safety again mm -hmm. for your brain. You can say for your brain, for your emotions, for just your life. We're trying to create safety in situations where, for whatever reason, the body hasn't been feeling safe. Right. So, you know, think of like trying to take the body out of a stress response cycle. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Yes. Kind of like, hey, body, it's okay. It's okay. Uh -huh. I know you feel this way, and you're not in trouble that you feel this way, Um it's just not working if I feel this way all the time when there's actual safety around me and I still don't feel safe. Right. And then it makes it actually more difficult for you to recognize and notice situations where you aren't safe right. because you're so heightened all of the time. Right. And yeah. we've talked a lot about what does that do to the body? Yes. If we're heightened all the time and let's yes. say our cortisol is mm -hmm. producing at high levels, what happens? There's a lot of things that happen, right? Because your cortisol 
levels, your adrenals produce those, but your adrenals also produce a ton of the hormones that your body uses, like your thyroid. It produces some of the hormones that are used in your digestive tract. Mm-hmm. It helps to work on some of the chemicals in your brain. Which makes sense. I'm yep. just jumping in. Digestive yep, totally tract. Do. How uh-huh. many people who struggle with anxiety have IBS yep. and other issues? Absolutely. Yeah, so you'll see digestive issues. You'll start to see thyroid issues. You'll start to see other mental health issues like depression and things yeah. like that because the cortisol or the adrenals also help um, provide for that. You can put yourself into a space of adrenal fatigue over yeah. time, um, which causes all kinds of, of issues as well for you. Um, it can cause problems with cholesterol levels, with... Um, all kinds of stuff. So it just stresses your body out. This doesn't sound very good. Yeah. Not a great place to be long-term. So we definitely want to be able to talk about how you can kind of come down from those spaces and create less or less stressful environment for yourself. Which you can do, which is the good news. And I know a lot of people come in and it's been sort of a lifelong challenge. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of lifelong things, I don't know if there's some sort of panacea or cure-all one thing that's going to fix everything however right everybody's body's different everybody's body's and different the type of anxieties are different yeah uh-huh um and this isn't even to mention maybe actually living in a situation or a relationship that isn't safe legitimately right. and so your body's reacting normally mm-hmm. to just a really unsafe situation or relationship yeah and so that's why you know one size does not fit all here yeah. Um, you need to be aware of your situation and get the help you need, even just to know if the situation is something that, you know, needs more support mm-hmm. or if you struggle with this your whole life and it's kind of a different approach. But I, I have seen a lot of success where maybe it's not ever going to be, let's say, completely gone, kind of like addiction, I guess. But you can learn to manage where you feel more in control and your quality of life is a lot better. Yeah. And that's the goal. Yes. And so we're not promising we're going to get rid of anxiety once and for all. Again, anxiety is not a bad thing. It, it prepares us for things. And if I was never anxious about some things, I wouldn't push myself. I wouldn't perform as well. Right. Um, if I'm giving a presentation or, you know, a talk or something, that anxiety helps me to want to do my very best. And so... Yep. And I think there are people that agree and some people that disagree also with that concept, right? But you know, we're saying, Hey, look, there's, we're not going to poof cure all fix, but these things can help you. I love how you said that have this higher quality of life, um, and a better quality of life and being able to, um, take it down a couple notches. Yeah. But you know, I have a lot of clients who feel like it's legitimately a useful thing. Oh, all the way gone. Yeah. It's That's just great. not the way it was before. So That's really great. We're all on a spectrum, right? Uh-huh. Hopefully this is really helpful. I mean, um, how many anxiety different anxiety disorders are there? Yeah. You know, on the DSM. There's yep. just there's so many. Acute and chronic and all and kinds of GAD yeah. and yeah. social anxiety and you know, there's just all these different panic attacks, lots of different forms. Yeah. Social phobias. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of different ways that this can affect people. And, um, and so, yeah, it's great if we can get it all the way gone, but 
we're not necessarily saying if you check all of these boxes that it's going <laughs> right. to disappear. But no guarantees. Certainly, it will affect the quality of your life um, quite a bit. And you know, I know we're talking about anxiety and people having a lot of anxiety, and those are the people who should be, who should be listening and following this. But really, as we're looking at these um, things that we're going to talk about. A lot of these are just useful tools in general yes, for everyone, right? Exactly. I mean, who yep. doesn't have stress in their life? Right. Who doesn't have, you know, things that can get overwhelming sometimes or whatever? Um, these tools are extremely helpful really for anyone and everyone. I mean, it's really only going to apply if you're a human you're in relationships, married, children, friends, neighbors. You have a job. Ever have to talk to people. You don't have a job. Right. These are really, really good because you think of just parenting and how often your children may be anxious or afraid or um, just needing help and support. And these techniques work really well. So. Yep. Yep. Use them for yourself. Use them for your family. All the things. So we've got two different kinds of management that we want to talk about. Um, we have a top-down approach and a bottom-up approach. So when we say top-down, what we what we mean is from the top of your head down, right? So yeah. you, these are cognitive approaches that we're going to talk about. Thinking. Think, mm -hmm. think of like interventions. Top-down are thinking interventions and yeah. bottom-up refer to your body and so mm -hmm. they're more physical or body right. interventions exactly and you'll find that you know often you hear if you're sad or if you're afraid just don't be and <laughs> that's not like entirely wrong because mm -hmm. the way you think significantly impacts the way you feel but yes. that's not like a direct route often right. we have to go through the body to mm -hmm. get to where our brain actually has more influence. And we'll talk a lot about that. Yes. And so we want to maybe so make this... you need this, both of these you definitely, options. Yes. And most of the time, from my experience, you have to start with the bottom up just to mm -hmm. get your brain online to where it'll respond better to a thinking intervention. Right. If, if anyone's ever had like a panic attack or something, it's not something where you're in the middle of it and you're right. able to say, hey brain, you know, you don't need you're, to you're think okay. this way. You're, you're doing great. Like it, it's, you're kind of past that point and your body is just responding. And so in those instances, it is much more useful to get in there and calm the body from some of these body bottom up approaches to the point where then you can get into and that cognition. Cause again, if you remember your your brain, when it starts to do all of those things, it, it jumps right back out of your prefrontal cortex, your thinking brain, and it's kind of in that trauma, fight, flight, freeze space. Right. And you think about how many times anxiety will start from your body. And you mm -hmm. did not trigger this by a thought you had at all. In fact, you were just doing whatever you were doing. And right. it, it originated from your body. Your yeah. body like forced you to remember something or feel something and it was kind of outside of your conscious awareness. Yeah. Those fact, especially research on that when you have like anxiety attacks or a lot of these different things that your heart actually starts racing, increasing before 
the cognition happens. They can actually see that. It's like a nanosecond or whatever before. And so, yeah, exactly like what David's saying. If you have that happen, then really it's not going to be as effective to start at the top and work your way down. (laughs) If your body demands attention, Mm -hmm. you have to start there. Yeah. It it will be very less effective to just try to think your way out of it when you feel it so strongly. Yeah. So those are the two different types. And you'll, you'll notice as you're practicing them, what types of things work better in which situations. And we're obviously giving you our perspectives based on um, clinical experience. Um, But again, because everybody's different and every mind is different and, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to practice these different ones, different ones will work better for you than others. And you'll notice which circumstances bottom up works better or top down works better for you. Yeah, and if, if you have already um, done a lot of research or study on this or maybe have done therapy with this, think of top-down as like CBT or cognitive behavior right. therapy, um, CBT, DBT. which we've done a lot of podcasts lot. on. Yeah. yeah, we've talked a lot about those. And, and think of bottom-up as more somatic or yes. psychosomatic from mm-hmm. your body and so much more in line with... Um, exercise, yoga type things. Mm-hmm. And so meditation, mindfulness, yep. those which, sorts of things. Which brings us to before we get into top down and bottom up. Yeah, before we go into those, which will probably which end up being will, their own episodes. Yeah, definitely. There are some what we like to call non-negotiables and long-term care. So right. um, I'm a big fan of telling clients, if you want to change your life, you've got to change your lifestyle. And so if you come in here thinking, give me one thing that's just going to be like home run, easy, preferably please. And thank you. And (laughs) I can go home and spend like maybe a very minimum amount of time or effort and everything will be different. It's just unrealistic. So this is a lifestyle change. And so when we talk about non-negotiables and long-term care, Mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about is a lifestyle change. And so we want you to conceptualize this in terms of, I have the advantage of knowing what I need to counter this Mm -hmm. idea that I have to do this the rest of my life, which can sound like kind of discouraging. But the advantage is most of us don't know what we need to feel better um, or to have a quality of life that we seek and you do. And that's a good thing. Right. And I think the other thing too, is that, and I know we talked about this with, um, things that you lifestyle changes that you make around addiction and stuff. All of these things that we're listing, these are not like, these are, I guess the best way to say that is these are healthy living things for everyone and anyone and everyone. right? Right. So, as you're looking at these, this is not like, ugh, now I have to do something that's out of the norm or whatever or right. terrible or hard and all of that. These are things that whether or not you have anxiety or stress or all these things in your life, these are just healthy living things right. that would improve your quality of life regardless. So sometimes that's helpful. We're like, oh, because of anxiety, I have to. Yeah. Because of addiction, I have to. It's like... Actually, this is this great opportunity for you now to get to live this this way that would actually benefit everyone. Right. 
right? So it's something that's going to be useful regardless of whether or not you have anxiety. And I kind of think, at least in my brain, <laughs> uh, it's anxiety or depression or addiction that is inviting you to live your highest yes. and best life versus yes. this stuff is keeping me from it. This is the stuff that's going to get you there. It's kind right. of a different approach, but I believe it's true. Yeah. And so if we change our perspective on it, it's like, okay, I mean, maybe I guess I wish I didn't have this. It'd be easier if I had something else. We always say that, right? But there's a lot of heavy something else's. Mm -hmm. And if this is what you have, okay, let's use it. And let's yeah. build habits that are hopefully going to be here the rest of our life, but we'll be satisfied and fulfilled and find meaning in it. So yes, I like it. Good way to get to our, our 2.0. 2.0. Yep. <laughs> okay. So we have several different things that are really important, right. To, um, to consider, uh, in terms of your lifestyle change. And the first one is your diet. How, how many of us know that we should eat better, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a few of us. Um, just a couple of us, right? But but remember, it's um, like David says, it's like garbage in, garbage out, right? You want to make sure that you're eating things that are going to feed your brain and your body and give it what it needs to take care of. So we're not talking like we're going to try to help you lose weight. That's no. that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. We're, we're just eating in a way that your body, your brain gets what it needs. Right. So um, I heard someone say once, um, eat things that come from plants, not things that come from a plant. Mm. Right. So eating fruits and vegetables, right? These things have all kinds of nutrients that we don't even know all of them yet, right? We don't know how right. they're even affecting our bodies. And right. so we come up with like a vitamin A, B, K, you know, and then we, we start it all sticking out. it into all these other <laughs> things so that hopefully those will be healthy enough for right. us. But there are so many micronutrients and all things, all the things like that that are in real food, Right that are going to just feed our bodies and brains so much. So making yep. sure you're eating natural foods, fruits, vegetables. Um, you want to eliminate or minimize caffeine. I know this is hard, but, and in fact, I've had experience where, um, you know, how a lot of people say that if they are eating really, really like a lot of that green know, leafy greens and those vegetables and fruits and stuff like that, like maybe a green smoothie in the morning, yeah. that it actually can give them enough energy that they don't yeah. even need it. Or or things like apples. I know mm -hmm. it's crazy to grab an apple over like an energy drink. <laughs> it could sound crazy, mm -hmm. but you'd be surprised eating an apple, how you feel afterwards. I've yeah. tried that before and it does kind of give you some energy. It gives you a boost. So right. natural so Looking at real food, natural food, and eliminating, yeah, we've talked about caffeine, preservatives, sugars, white things, right? White bread. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, next and very important is sleep. Yes. Uh, sleep is so important in any, like, healthy recovery process, whatever it is you're recovering from. Um, and not everybody knows how much they need. Some people do, but not everybody. We just want to make sure you're getting it, whatever that is. So, 
Um, you know, experts recommend a consistent seven to nine hours. Some people operate well on six, but don't say, don't pretend that's, that's me. You. So I'm going to go to bed late <laughs> and yeah, really listen to your body on this. And what I'll tell people most of the time is either follow a 10 to six or 11 to seven schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay if you're kind of a night owl, not everybody can go to bed, you know, right. 10 o'clock or earlier. They're just built differently. I don't like a, a 12 to eight schedule so much because then you're up at eight and you're starting to run into things you just got to do, which means just sort of less time for you in those really important mornings. But right. sleep is so vital. So if you know what you need, commit to loving yourself enough that you're going to get the sleep that you need. And if you don't, maybe experiment a little bit to see where do I feel the most rested? Mm-hmm. And you'll find maybe that going to bed a little earlier, you naturally are waking up um, because your body's getting the rest it needs. Like yes. I don't personally, I don't set an alarm. I don't need to. I am up if I'm in bed before 10, right, right. I am up very consistently between about five thirty and six. My body just says, okay, you're done. And then I'm laying there going, well, Time to get moving because yes, <laughs> my body did this. Right. So, so it's it's really helpful, I think, too, to recognize that they've also discovered that there are three different body types, right? You have the type that does super well if they're getting up pretty early in the morning, quite early. Then you have the type that are night owls, right, that are on the other end. And so they're going to do better if they're staying up a little later and sleeping in a little bit longer. And then you have kind of a middle ground space. So... There's a little bit of work you have to do to kind of yeah. figure out kind of what type you are and then to figure out about how much sleep you need, understanding that if you have been under a great deal of stress or trauma or anxiety consistently, your body will need more sleep mm-hmm. than it will because when you're it's not. healing. Yeah, like exactly. if you were physically recovering from broken bones or... Running a marathon or running you know, a marathon, something like that. Yep. You stressed your body out. It needs more time and energy to heal. So if you come in and you're like, oh my gosh, I need like nine and a half hours of sleep to really feel good, um, be aware that if you've been under that level of stress, as you come down from that, you might notice that, you, yeah. oh, maybe I only actually need eight when I'm feeling well. So, And the other thing, important thing to recognize is you're actually going to get more done with your life if you're getting the sleep that yeah, you need. For sure. As opposed to trying to burn the candle on both ends <laughs> yeah. and then still get the things done. You actually are going to be a more effective human being if you're getting the sleep you need. Yes. Okay, the next one is movement. So get out there, exercise, whatever that looks like, but getting right. your height, heart rate up a little bit. You're going to be that if you can increase your breathing, right, then that is going to get oxygen going in the body to the brain. Um, you need at least 20 minutes a day. Um, and again, people are different. So I'd say 20 minutes is probably your minimum that you're going to want. Yeah. Um, but you'll notice as you get going, like, where your body's sweet spot is. And by the way, we're not talking like hardcore CrossFit or something. You right. can take a walk. Yes. This can be, this isn't about like a weight loss goal. This is just about moving your body. Yes. And so yes. don't overcomplicate it and then get discouraged because you're trying to do, you know, exactly. the gym for an hour a day. You know, that might be harder um, to keep it right. simple. Yep. 
it's recommended 20 minutes minimum. Just mm -hmm. that's when your body has the greatest impact from physical exercise and movement. So yeah, plan so that. But you've done that 20 minutes at least. Yeah. yeah. And then as you're, as you're moving along, you'll notice like, okay, maybe my body likes a little bit more than that, or maybe this is good, or maybe my body wants a little bit more than a walk, you know? So the great thing is as you're doing all of these things, if you notice, you know, as we talk about it, you will start to be more in tune with your body and what it actually needs. Right. Um, which is actually the next one, mm -hmm. which is mindfulness and meditation. And so the mindfulness part of that, again, is being more connected to yourself and being more aware of what you need um, and what is going on around you and how it's influencing you. Yeah, this one is so key. I mean, you, you I see how just practicing these, I mean, we call them dailies. We have episodes on these, on right? dailies, um, will significantly impact the anxiety anyway. Mm -hmm. And we haven't even started talking about very specific things, but having these non-negotiables and long-term care, um, is really important. And mindfulness meditation is maybe my favorite. I have so many clients that we've tried different things. None of them really stuck, but when they consistently do mindfulness or meditation, um, their lives start to change. It's really amazing. And so this is one that I love. I love it. I love it. And it can start very simple. We're not talking mindfulness and meditation for 20 minutes. 15 or even 10, like start very mm -hmm. simply two minutes, three minutes. There's apps that help. Mm -hmm. I think mindfulness and meditation are a little bit different. Meditation tends to yeah. be a little more guided. Right. Like you're listening to something. Both are great. Mindfulness is more just sitting, breathing, right. just you and going slow and focusing on your breath and what it feels like. And when your mind wanders, that's okay. That's what minds do. And you just bring the focus of your attention back to your breath and starting small for just a few minutes doing that. And yeah. for whatever reason, we don't know why this actually helps to rebuild gray matter in the brain. I mean, it's amazing it what does mindfulness so does. Many things. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think we've talked about that a little bit before, but it, it's fascinating as I'm going through, um, I know we've talked about my, um, my accident and things like that. And we're now working on, uh, like all of these different systems in my body that have been affected by that. And it's crazy how so many of them, it's like, okay, so if you do mindful breathing, it's going to help your digestive system and <laughs> right. it's going to help these muscles to mm -hmm. relax and it's going to help your diaphragm to rebuild and be in its proper place. And it's going to help your concussion symptoms. Like it will help your brain to heal. And it's just crazy that it just keeps coming back to that, right? Like we, we've already known all these things and now I'm in this space in my life and I'm like, oh my gosh, you gotta be kidding me. Like it's everything. It's every system of the body, it helps. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. So it is great. Um, another really important thing is keep a journal um, mm -hmm. about your anxiety. So you wanna write down when and what were the circumstances you suffer from in anxiety just to learn more about it. So you want to be something right. of an expert on your own anxiety. Is it um, only social situations? Mm -hmm. Is it just sort of all the time? Is it when something's coming up? Um, just get to know your anxiety better. Yes. And no, no judgment, no criticism. You're just journaling what you notice. Yeah. And this is going to give you great awareness. Yes. I mean, super important. 
as you're working on these different top-down and bottom-up approaches, but also as you are in therapy and you're working on, okay, so how do we work on the issue itself? Well, if you don't yeah. even know what the issue is right. or when it shows up, uh-huh. you're not really going to be very effective at working through it and yep. processing it. Know yourself. Yep. Yes. Okay, the last one that we want to talk about with the non-negotiables in long-term care is increasing meaningful and supportive connections in your life. Yes. It's really interesting how much this helps and is important. But Um, you probably, I mean, we're just built for connection. We're mm hardwired for it, right? And so we've talked before about the importance of relationships, really creating opportunities for you to feel loved and important like mm-hmm. you matter. We all need acceptance and belonging. We, we need to feel like we're part of something. Yes. And so sometimes, sadly, we have to create those situations more than we would like, but it's still your responsibility to make sure that you're um, happy, you're feeling safe. And so if you're waiting for others maybe to show up and just be, you know, uh-huh. super supportive and comforting and they're doing their own thing too, it might feel lonely. So mm-hmm. we've talked about this as well in terms of relationships, you know, there's an order, there's your higher power, there's, there's yourself and there is others. Yeah. And there's a lot you can do in all three of these, obviously to get the support you need. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. We've talked to before about, I think I mentioned experience of like feeling distress and recognizing what that was and like, oh, I should go out and hang out with people or do something. And then sitting with it a little longer and recognizing, oh, actually, I think I feel I'm just lonely from myself because I haven't taken the time to really connect with myself today. And then in doing that and working through that, then I left that experience. um, As I was finishing up with that experience, I was like, oh, I don't actually need to quick make sure, see if somebody can go to dinner or you know, wants to get together or I don't, I don't feel that like pull or need anymore because I did what I, I actually just took care of the actual issue, which was that I I needed to connect with myself. Yep. So this is important. So these are just some ideas for beginning this process, laying the foundation of a lifetime of just healthy living Mm -hmm. that will really impact um, the anxiety that you feel. And next episode, we're going to start into some top-down approaches. Yes. I mean, we can start into bottom-up, I guess. We need to figure out which one we might want to start into. Both are good. (laughs) This doesn't have to be in a certain order. There's just top-down and bottom-up. We will start talking about (laughs) the specific techniques. Let's just say that. We will do that. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.